Welcome to the 14th annual Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards. The Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards celebrate the live art of the Omaha Metro. For 15 years, the nonprofit award show has recognized local musicians, stage performers, and visual artists. You know, uh, to me, the OAAs are uh, a crash course in learning to love our city. Public votes determine the nominees every year. Voting is now open through August 31st. I mean, it showcases and highlights just a fraction of the wonderfully talented artists, performers, and creators that this city has to offer. On this podcast, we dive deep into some of these artists' stories. The Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards. I would like to welcome Sebastian Lane. Uh, thanks, thanks for joining us, bro. Thank, Thank you for having me. And um, for those who don't know, Sebastian developed uh, the Sebastian Lane Band in 2018, a modern age rock band with influences in the blues. Mm -hmm. uh, the goal is to keep the entertaining live rock, southern rock, and blues music around for his generation, who has, for the most part, forgotten about this. Re they released their debut album in 2018 titled Walking By Myself and featured Eric Gales and Chris Tone Kingfish Ingram. The album has over 250,000 streams worldwide. Over 70 different countries. Impressive, impressive. Uh, because of the success of this album, they opened up for and toured with acts like Jimmy Vaughn, Robert Randolph, Marcus King Band, and several others. He was nominated in the Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards as Artist of the Year and Best Blues in 2018 and won Best Blues Artist in the following year in 2019. Now, despite this impressive music career, <laughs> apparently music is just a hobby for this man. Uh, he has a day job balancing a career in medicine. Uh, he actually recently graduated from the University of Nebraska Medical Center with his MD in 2020 and uh, starts his residency next month. Mm -hmm. uh, welcome. Welcome, Sebastian. Yeah. Um, he actually spoke of his problems balancing the music and work in his acceptance speech for Outstanding Blues at the Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards. So we're going to play a quick clip from that speech and then uh, jump into a, a few questions. Is that, is that all right? That sounds good. I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a blur, I'm sure, man. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into that. I'll keep it short and sweet. I just want to say thank you to Omaha. I've lived here for four years now, and I've gotten the chance to meet a ton of different artists, whether you're visual, performing arts, or music artists. And I think it's an amazing community you guys have here. And you guys should be really proud of what you do. And it's awesome to uh, be recognized for uh, blues and that you guys support that here. So thank you to the Omaha Blues Society. You guys are awesome. And uh, I just look forward to this next year. Um, I actually will be done playing music uh, starting in July because I will start residency. Uh, so I'm not sure where I match. I find out March 20th where I'll match for uh, surgery residency and I'll be moving. But Thank you guys, I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to performing tonight and showing you guys what we love to do, so thank you so much. All right, all right, there you have it, and uh, during that clip, you you kind of mentioned a lot has changed mm -hmm. since that clip, uh, including actually uh, where you will be um, for your residency, so mm -hmm. uh, can you, can you kind of break the news with us? Where, yes. where will you be uh, for your yeah, residency? Yeah, so I found out that I matched uh, 
how residency works is uh, there's a big match day where pretty much every student in the country finds out what program they're going to be going to and what they'll be doing. Okay. Um, generally, people kind of apply to one program. I actually dual applied for both surgery and family medicine. Um, I'm a, I was a pretty average surgical applicant, and so I was just kind of being safe and wanted to make sure that I matched this year because it, it's a pretty competitive process. I so imagine. I found out that I matched at uh, Creighton for family medicine. So I'll be here at Creighton University ah. for the next three years doing family medicine and then We'll see where I end up after that. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you're remaining in Omaha. Nice, nice. Good news, good news. And um, in that clip, you also mentioned that due to this new new career path, um, mm-hmm. you will be stepping away from music. Has that changed? Is that is that the same? No, that's kind of the that's the plan right now. Um, the next three years, I'm pretty much just going to be focused on becoming the best physician that I can be and d- devoting pretty much all of my time and energy into that. Um, when I'm not working in the hospital, they have um, nowadays they have an average um, hourly caps per week. It's an 80 hour hour cap. And so generally people are trying to stick under that. A lot of times you kind of work a little bit more. It's kind mm-hmm. of hush hush, but you work a little bit more than that 80 hours just to get everything that you have to do done. And then on top of that, you're studying because you have boards and that kind of thing that you're uh, working towards getting ready for. And so I'll be dedicating pretty much all day, every day to um, my residency training. And then, um, just in the meantime, I've kind of recorded a bunch of different music and that kind of thing, just so I can try to release some stuff. But we'll see what happens. Okay, so so you won't you won't leave the people completely completely cold turkey. Yeah, you, so you I'm know. actually gonna uh, release my uh, new single on the same day that I start uh, residency on July. Beautiful, 3rd, so. beautiful, beautiful. And um, the name of that single, it's uh, "Live for the Day." How how has that been? historically as far as the balance of being able to record some of that music preparing for um a new single to drop uh you've done have you done any uh media around that yeah so um initially i was i had all of the beginning of 2020 planned out to be playing shows going on tour we only got one little mini run in with uh, this guy from st louis named jackson stokes he just signed under uh uh, Devin Almond's label. Okay. Um, and so we did a run together and played like uh, uh, Omaha, Lincoln. We were going to play Kansas City, but it got snowed out. So then we ended up playing two shows in Omaha that day and then went to um, St. Louis and we did like a little run back in January or February. I can't remember when it was. But then um, when COVID 19 hit, all of our shows got canceled. We had a bunch of festivals, some stuff that we can't, still can't even really announce that we were supposed to play. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, all that's canceled. <laughs> so how, I guess, how has that made sort of this this transition? Uh, were you sort of looking forward to this goodbye, yeah, fare, exactly. farewell run? Yeah, it's bittersweet. Um, it's I've been able to kind of just make the most of having time uh, with my girlfriend at home, getting our house together and doing some things around the house, that okay. kind of thing. But I was really hoping to be able to go out and play a bunch of shows and uh, promote the new um, song and that kind of thing. But it is what it is. How has your family responded to, to this? Uh, again, legacy uh, mm-hmm. musician, uh, families heavy, heavy in the, in the music industry. Have they supported this this change? Have yeah. you received any? My dad's always been supportive of whatever um, I want to do, and all of my family is pretty musical. At Christmas, we sit around and just play music all night until 2 a.m., that okay. kind of thing. Right, right, but right. They, they, uh, they're happy for whatever whatever I end up doing, and um, I'm sure my dad is uh, excited that I'm pursuing medicine and have, will have a stable career, something that's not as uh, hard to navigate as uh, being a professional musician, for sure. So I guess kind of speaking to that, um, what, what made you make that 
decision to to step away from music, it seems like you're actually pretty set on you know making this this next journey. Yeah, uh, a long time thing. Yeah. Uh, how how did you come to that decision? Well, I've always wanted to do medicine since I was a kid. Um, my what actually motivated motivated me to do medicine was uh, my grandfather. He passed away from colon cancer when I was a younger kid, and so um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Born there, we were we at one time lived all together with my grandparents, and then my dad um, uh, and my mom we moved out and had our own apartment. But we all we were really really poor growing up, and so I didn't know what it was uh, like to be a doctor that I could be a doctor or any of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But my dad just kind of um, emphasized the importance of education and he wanted to do better for my brother and I so he ended up moving us out of the south side and moved to Salina Kansas and so that was kind of a blessing in disguise I was surrounded by lots of good mentors I was kind of out of a bad environment um, and that kind of thing and something that I uh, definitely don't take for granted Mm -hmm. uh, has led me to where I am now so I was able to get a good education um, pursue things that I was interested in, whether it was sports, extracurriculars, and that kind of thing. And then uh, I was able to attend college. Um, first person, uh, aside from my cousin, um, to attend college in our family oh, man. Um, and graduate. And so um, it was all kind of new waters for our family. And then um, I would just set my goal as high as I could. So I found out I was passionate about helping people and doing whatever I can to make this life that we get to live a meaningful one. And so it is what you make it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of of the notion that we only get one chance and we should do it right. And so for me, I'm both passionate about music and medicine. So instead of like they tell you in medical school, you should, if you have anything else that you care about, don't do it anymore. Get, you have to focus. And so I did focus, um, but I couldn't, completely give up music and so I found um, that it was kind of healing for me and a good way to get my mind off of school and so I balanced that all through med school and I just know that in residency it's a little bit more demanding of my time so yeah for I guess if if what you see on tv and things like that is anything like the real thing it seems pretty intense to to say the least (laughs) Uh, but speaking of that how did you balance going to school and actually completing school and Mm -hmm. graduating and going on to residency and, you know, not just making music, but doing it to, to the highest level. Again, nominated Artist of the Year, Best Blues in 2019. How did you juggle all of that? Yeah, so I'd say that I'm just lucky that I kind of grew up being surrounded by music to where it was more natural to me. And then I was lucky to uh, have a talented uh, cast around me that supported uh, me through music, all, all the artists that I work with and uh Ben Curran playing guitar, Dane Armhurst on bass, Kevin Freeze on drums, uh, Mitch Town on keys, and then uh, a bunch of different guys that I work with, whether it was Miles Jasnowski or Jacob Sorensen. They play in a bunch of different other groups, too. Um, able to surround myself with like-minded individuals to where I didn't really have to overthink it or rehearse a ton. What I could do is Monday through Friday, hit the books, study, work. I'm at the hospital all day, every day. And then when I'm done at the hospital, I'm studying at home. Uh, doing practice questions, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as soon as I finish on Friday, I have a show Friday night or Saturday night, and I'm uh, hitting the road or playing in Omaha or Lincoln and that kind of thing. So I would just use my weekends to kind of play, and then I would still have to study like during the day. I would, there was times where I'd study in the green room and that kind of mm, thing. Okay, shows and okay. That while everyone else is kind of partying or whatever. Right, <laughs> I'm right. sitting in the bathroom reading a textbook or whatever. <laughs> but um, 
yeah i mean there was definitely nights where uh i remember one uh it was a thanksgiving show i think we played it with hector on chando i had a uh exam like that next day but uh, i'd booked the show like well in advance so i couldn't cancel mm-hmm. and so i literally studied before the show s- sound check after <laughs> and then did the show went home and then woke up the next day and took the exam i wouldn't recommend that but <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny man hearing it is and envisioning as you hear it it's almost in reverse that you hear the story of a lot of musicians you know a lot of musicians they're in school and they're practicing, you know, mm-hmm. in class, in between classes. But it was it was sort of the opposite. Yeah, exactly. For you, um, yeah, I was lucky to just kind of. Pr- I practiced a lot growing up. I've been mm-hmm. playing since I was three, so I still. Pra- you need to practice every day, and I played a little bit every day. But um, yeah, I, my practice was playing shows. <laughs> yeah, and, and medicine seems like it dominated yeah, most most definitely. of your time. Um, and, and it's beautiful because it does seem like you're you're carrying the family legacy on, just not in music. You yeah. know, like you said, the first to graduate from college. It, it's beautiful that your family supports, you know, everything that you've done. And it seems like the the ongoing theme that I'm hearing from you is having a, a great supporting cast. Yeah. Um. So can you kind of speak to, like you said, how you grew up being able to start music? at three and it seems like only at the age of 27 now yeah, you've, 27, you've yeah. already accomplished so much with music so can you kind of speak well, to that journey you. as well yeah i feel like i've done a little bit i'm still i'm always eager to do more but i mean when i was young i was surrounded by music so my uh my dad's jimmy d lane my grandpa's jimmy rogers and um i my grandpa actually passed away when i was five so i knew him a little bit and i remember uh things about him um but uh i wouldn't say that he ultimately like influenced directly um my like playing and that kind of thing because Mm i um wasn't around him as i was getting better and practicing but i did listen to his records and that kind of thing so i'm lucky there but um i was just always surrounded by music my dad would take me to shows when we uh moved to salina kansas the reason why we moved there was um my dad got a job working at this recording studio called blue heaven studios um it was owned by this guy named chad cassum who was originally from uh louisiana and he moved up to Salina and uh, started a record label, which his mission pretty much was to record all the old uh, old uh, uh, African-American blues artists that uh, had really never had an opportunity to record in a proper setting and get their music out there hmm. before they passed away. So he did that with a ton of guys that like years after, like a couple years after they recorded, they, they passed away. But, I, I but he was able so. to document their playing. And so me, uh, me and my brother were surrounded by that. We would be playing and the, the studio was a big church. And so we'd be playing in the church uh, downstairs when they were recording upstairs. We'd be playing pool, and my dad would be like, "All right, they'd have a recording like, all right, we're we're rolling now." So we had to be quiet, and we had to stop playing pool, and we could listen, and you'd hear like the big reverberation in this church. And so um, the guitar was always there, and so I'd pick it up and just dabble on it. And my dad, I never actually took lessons, which I I wish I had sometimes, just hmm. for like technical things and more music theory. But I just would learn different licks and listen to a song, rewind it a hundred times and play it lick by lick by lick. And then slowly just built that up. And then just over the years it accumulated. And I'd say like in high school is when I got a lot more like passionate about getting better and songwriting and that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, so this whole dance between medicine and, and, and music, uh, do you ever see maybe after your residency, you may give a little more time on your hands ever going back to music yeah so i mean at this point i'm trying to kind of uh navigate what my options are as a family medicine doctor and there's so many different uh routes you could take whether you do inpatient hospital medicine where that would 
uh, take a lot more of your time and you're in the hospital. Um, but there's different avenues, whether you're doing split practices, sometimes what uh, family practice doctors will do is they'll have a, a single practice run by multiple physicians and then they can split time. So like say if they have a family and they want to spend time uh, part of the year with their family and that kind of thing and then work kind of part time, they're able to do that. So I'm trying to navigate to where I'd be able to comfortably practice and um, uh, take care of my patients and uh, be, uh, follow up on that responsibility, but then also be able to take some time, maybe like in the summer where I'm able to do music. So like basically I would try to build my practice to where winter months and that kind of thing is all work, 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 work. And then the summer when it's like uh, festival season, I could go out and play some shows. And that okay. Kind of okay. But we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think um, you're, you're taking a smarter route. Like, it's just I, I myself am a mu- musician, and the, the whole battle is always: do you take that leap of faith and yeah. dive all the way into music? Exactly. Like you said, it can be very, very treacherous. Yeah, treacherous journey. And I mean, I don't want to like put, I don't want to downplay that. I think that it's important to, if you are a hundred percent passionate about music, like you should dive into it. Cats that a lot of cats that I look up to, that's what they do. They just dive head first. It doesn't matter if like you can't fear failure right i think right, that's the right. biggest thing if you fear failure then it's never going to work but if you do dive in and you just slowly build and like keep putting out content and building up your fan base and that kind of thing then then you can build it and you can make a living off of uh, a really good living off of it and as long as you're passionate about that i think that's what's important and for me it's just um i'm passionate about multiple things i yeah. got lucky so yeah yeah <laughs> and I, again it just seems like the conversation is always you have to pick either or, but yeah. you found a way to do both. Yeah, that's, that's a very beautiful, beautiful thing. And um, actually, you'll be you keeping your time here, extending your time here in mm-hmm. Omaha. Yeah. Um, how has the four years in Omaha? It seems like your travels have uh, kind of influenced your music a lot. How has Omaha impacted that? I love Omaha. I've grown to fall in love with all the people here. There's a huge art community, and I think it's like underrepresented in like the bigger scheme of like american culture mm. i'd say uh, a lot a, like for instance my girlfriend brooke she just moved up from dallas she's a singer professional singer as well and uh she, when we first started like talking she was like she had to google where omaha nebraska was <laughs> and so i feel like that's generally true like for people on the east coast and west coast that kind of thing uh mark when i was playing a show with marcus he was like there's no way you're killing it in omaha nebraska and i was like Bro, there's there's people here. There's, there's music. <laughs> like, there's there's lots of different culture here. So, uh, I think Omaha, you have the ability to maybe even grow a little better than if you were in an area like L.A. or hmm. uh, Nashville or um, other places like that, because you'd be going into a saturated market where there's a ton of other people that are doing kind of similar things. And I think it's good for you. It's good to have competition and uh, to up your game. But I think here it's nice because the people can have easier access to you and you can get your music out there and meet more people that are doing the same thing. So what is the biggest, I guess, thing missing from Omaha that from depending Ooh. on well, from other places that you've been? I would say that it's so spread out that it's kind of hard to have like a central, uh, like music space. Like there's, Benson, where you have like the waiting room and that kind of thing, and that can draw different crowds, whether it's rock and punk, and then there's sometimes there's hip hop or whatever. And then there's downtown, you have the slowdown and that kind of thing. I think uh, if there was more of like a music alley, that kind of thing, where all the artists could kind of congregate, and you know, if you go to like Benson, you can go to seven different shows that night or whatever. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, 
and then there's labels here, but I feel like there's not like a big label representation for like publishing and distribution to get Omaha artists out to the bigger like population. Like there's Saddle Creek Records um, that can't, that was big because of indie. And then um, there's some people that are doing other um, record record labels in Lincoln. There's one, for instance, but um, there's not like a big one that kind of gra- like can grasp that bigger mm-hmm. population and get their hands on the mainstream media, whether it's like a partner with Warner or Sony or whatever. Yeah, I but, think that would be huge here because there's so much talent. There's that was my next talent. question. That was my <laughs> next question as far as uh, some of the, the, the talent that you've seen in Omaha compared to you've seen in other places. How would you rank it? Oh, there's there's a ton of talent here, whether it's in R&B and hip hop or uh, pop, rock, everything. Uh, you can go to an open mic and hear an amazing singer songwriter play, whether you're at like Down Under or wherever you go. There's a ton of different people. And I've actually like posed a question about starting a label. It's just the the capital that you need to do that realistically and be successful at it is kind of up there. So, I mean, we'll see who knows. Yeah, You may be able to get the capital as yeah. a doctor. And so know? that like, that's the thing too, when, when it comes to um, that kind that kind of funding, I want to reinvest in my community and I've fallen in love with Omaha. I don't know where I'm going to end up, but we'll see. But if I do stay in Omaha, I know that I would invest in something like that, like the music building of the music scene here. Okay. Beautiful. Well, uh, as an (laughs) Omaha native, I would say we would love to have you, however long you would like to say, and uh, whatever you would like to do, um, definitely uh, enjoy having you. As far as uh, moving forward Mm -hmm. and and the music, um, again, you preparing for this this single that you're going to drop, didn't really get the rollout that you anticipated. No, definitely Um, not. (laughs) But but it's still coming nonetheless, so can you kind of speak to the backstory, what, what inspired that? Yeah, so um, this was a opportunity that I wanted to take wanted to take to produce um, the the track all by myself, just to kind of like push myself, test it, test my abilities, learn learn something new. The song is called "Live for the Day," and basically it just kind of comes to to what I feel is important. It's just uh, not taking any mom- moments for granted. Um, one of the lyrics is like, um, you'll be saving it up now just to give it away. Um, and basically, I'm just kind of talking about money and like how much we put the importance of money but at the end of the day like you you don't die with your money you die and you have nothing so mm-hmm. it's money and all that kind of stuff yeah you need it to live and survive it's about just enjoying the moments that you have every day and uh, finding happiness just in being present so that's kind of what the song is about and it's particularly i guess important not in today's climate we're going through a ton of different stuff uh politically and um socially and i think that we all just need to kind of come back to earth and realize like what's important and yeah we have a lot that's going on and uh specifically me being a black male in america historically i have been oppressed but i think that i've acknowledged that and i've used that to come out stronger and more Mm. resilient because of it and i think that that's generally true for people that are like me living for the day and being appreciative of the moment is kind of what has gotten me there it's beautiful that's beautiful well i think this would be a perfect time to go ahead and jump into uh the track the single is that is that all right yes sir all right all right live for the day sebastian lane I should for you. Yes, I'll keep 
right, there you have it, people. Yes, yes, Sebastian Lane, the Sebastian Lane band, live for the day. Yes, sir. Nice, nice. And and uh, how how do you feel? Again, you're kind of talking. This is your first time listening to it outside of your studio yeah. recording process environment. Uh, how do you feel you did for your first uh, first production? I mean, I think there's always room for, for improvement, but I feel good about putting this song out there. And uh, I also didn't even uh, mention, but this is the first song that I've uh, done with uh, Brooke, my girlfriend. She's uh, featured on it. She sings okay. like the second verse. So that's kind of fun for us, too. So being able to have a little song together. Nice, nice. Do you do you see more producing in your future? Is that something you like to dive more into? I mean, yeah, for sure. It's something that um, I think if people kind of dig deeper and they listen to it and they see that I produce it and they want me to kind of help and that kind of stuff, I'd love to do that. But um, I mean, my first album I did at Make Believe Records with Rick Carson, uh, Keith Rogers, um, Mm Kethro. Shout out to Kethro. Yeah, shout out to Kethro. That was an awesome process. And I don't like I love I loved everything about it. They're so much fun to work with. But for me, I just kind of wanted to see what it was like to do it on my own. And then also just financially, it's a lot easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't have to invest in studio time. And I can sit there for five hours and mess with the kick drum if I want to. Like I don't. It's not. I'm not on anyone else's clock. Just get to create. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's beautiful. And like, as you mentioned, it, it is sort of a healing process as well. Oh, 100%. So to kind of wrap things up, uh, because you won Outstanding Blues in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, we are hoping you could share your picks for finalists in that category on the next OEAA award show. Again, you've spoken about some of the, the talented artists that you've worked with. Um, are there anyone in particular that, that you're, you're watching kind of grow before your eyes here in Omaha? Ooh. As far as young, um, young people... Um, the Blues Ed program always has a ton of bands. So Blues Ed is kind of a program that's uh, funded by Omaha Blues Society and the parents that um, have all their kids involved in that program. Um, but there's so many talented young uh, kids. Actually, all my original Blues members, they were members of the Omaha Blues Society Blues Ed program. Okay. And so um, whether you're paying attention to any of those bands, they play lots of little shows through the summer when we don't have a – a pandemic going on <laughs> but uh they'll be at uh like the wineries um uh opening up for different artists etc but for like current blues guys some of the other people that were on the list like chris lager i mean he's just so talented a really good singer songwriter and he killed it he's has a huge fan base he tours all over uh the u.s and um he just kind of has really uplifting music um i really like listening to his stuff um and then hector Anchando, he's another huge omaha guy um he i think he actually lives in iowa right now but or like council boss but um he is a, a very talented uh blues player singer songwriter as well and he actually won the best solo artist at the international blues challenge in memphis this, okay this, this year nice so that kind of help, helped his career he's he's been doing this for a long time and he has a beautiful wife and kids and they're always at the shows and that kind of thing so he he does a really good job and um he actually just recently uh their house flooded when we had that uh, oh man that rainstorm the other day yeah. so he has like a gofundme and that kind of thing but they have raised a bunch of money and so it's just been hard for artists you know yeah right now yeah it's hard for yeah then to have something like that dealing with the curveball yeah. hector Anchando, chris lager there's so many different bands there's like uh, uh like more rock heavy bands like Gallivant. Um, I know those guys are pretty awesome. Joseph Donnelly plays bass for them. He's an awesome bass player, multi instrumentalist. Um, there's Domestic Blend and Brady Wells. He has another project that he's working on um, called Radio Jams. I just did a, uh, some guitar for them. Uh, okay. We were in the studio last week and I was recording some uh, guitar for them. 
and they're more like uh r and b bluesy hip hop yeah so I don't know there's there's so many different artists <laughs> this is kind of hard to keep, keep yeah it's hard to keep track of everyone yeah. Nissan jinx out of Lincoln with yeah, Mary yeah. she shout out to Mary. Uh, she kills it and uh Jake, Jacob Sorensen who is who plays bass for her okay okay yeah, okay yes yes yeah. I'm um more familiar with John Evans and, and yeah, native John side yep. Uh, yep but yeah yeah they Mason Jinx kills it yeah yeah they're, they're yeah. awesome um see like it's just artists like that I would that need to be like on a big label yeah you know, like get their yeah. music out there to the masses because people would just love that stuff so man man well um i think that really does it for yeah. for me man i definitely uh thank you for for taking the time uh yeah. to speak with us especially with with everything going on uh covid19 and uh getting ready for your residency well you're a couple weeks out now one man. week i have literally one week away and then i have uh orientation we have orientation like the week before, so a lot of that will be online. But then, yeah, July 1, we hit the ground running. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the release of the new song. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far, so I'm kind of eager to see how the people respond to it. Yeah. Uh, any any parting words? Any any last things you want to say? I mean, I just appreciate you guys having me, and I think the OEAs is an awesome uh, program and what they do to recognize artists um, across all spectrums, whether it's visual art or performing arts. I think it's really cool and good for the community, and I'm glad that you guys are involved in that. And um, just thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sebastian Lane. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the OEAA podcast. This podcast is produced and edited by Sophia Ritter. This production is recorded at Mind and Soul Studios. To find out more about the Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at OEAA Awards or visit our website at oea-awards.org. Voting is now open through August 31st, so make sure your artist gets the support they deserve. Make sure to tune in next time to hear from another artist about winning an OEA award in the art community in Omaha, Nebraska. Everybody, we did it! That's it!